You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by two very special guests. We have Hans and Donata from Termageddon.com. Termageddon helps you with your privacy and terms pages on your website, which is a question I get asked all the time. But first, welcome to the show, you two. Thank Thank you. Thank you for having us. Hans and Donata, like me, are a little bit different in the tech space. They're really into stuff like farming and chickens and dogs. Well, lots of people are into dogs, but uh, it's cool (laughs) to connect with um, some other people that, you know, like to kind of grow some of your own food and have some animals and whatnot. It keeps us healthy in tech to get outside of the building sometimes. So uh, I'm stoked to meet meet up with you guys. Um, Termageddon, what does it do? You want to take it? Sure. Um, so Termageddon, we're a generator of privacy policies, terms of service, disclaimers, and end-user license agreements for websites and apps. Um, and what makes us special is that we automatically update our clients' policies whenever the laws change, uh, so you don't really have to keep track of all of that stuff. I think that is super cool. The, I get this question a lot, and really because over in like course creator membership site land, Lifter LMS land, the website is the business. It's not just a brochure for the business. So it's, you know, most businesses have some kind of like legal ramifications. And on the web, you know, privacy is a big thing. We've seen GDPR roll through. And, um, you know, our audience is really international and they just want to have like a good baseline. And some of the advice I hear people giving around, terms and privacy pages are to do things like if you're just starting out go look at somebody's website that's like yours that probably had enough money to hire a lawyer and just kind of model it i mean that's okay but what's wrong with that approach so when you're copying and pasting stuff from competitors or from other websites you don't really know what you're copying and pasting um so like you said you know they probably had a lawyer who wrote their privacy policy but what if they didn't, right? Or what if they had a lawyer write it five years ago and there's been a bunch of new privacy laws since then and now that policy is completely out of date? Or what if there's a new law coming into effect a month from now and you know your privacy policy doesn't update because you stole it from somebody? <laughs> so at that point, you're out of compliance too. So you're kind of rolling the dice on a bunch of unknowns when doing that, I would say. Yeah, and just to take it a step further too is, um, and to kind of reiterate what Donata said, um, even if you were to copy and paste a template, uh, from uh, copy and paste a competitor site, and even if that were to completely get you compliant it's only getting you compliant for that moment in time are do you, are you going to create a task for yourself to you know every week uh, go back and check your competitor website policy to see if it updated or not um, and, and we'll probably speak to that later about why policies need to be updated uh, when the laws change as well so how does it work like how with termageddon does your does your your terms pages actually automatically update when you guys change something and on your side or how does it work 
Yeah. So when somebody signs up for our service, they would answer a couple questions about their website and their business. So for example, what information do you collect and who do you share it with? Um, and then they receive an embed code um, and they would put that embed code on a privacy policy page on their website. And when there's a new law that goes into effect, we would um, update that from our end and then the new updated privacy policy, which is populate. That's super cool. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes uh, we can't just automatically push an update because maybe there's a new law that's going to affect that uh, requires us to ask an additional question. So like, for example, on October 1st, we had to ask the question, do you sell the information you collect? And is that, is that uh, do you collect the data of Nevada, Nevada residents? Um, so our email sends out and, you know, when you're a client, you receive the email like, okay, you have to answer yes or no, you answer it, and then it pushes the update. Right. Um, to your website automatically. And the way it works is that when you answer the questions at the end, rather than producing copy, like text that you copy and paste onto your website, it produces an embed code. And that's what you copy and paste onto your privacy policy page, for example. And that embed code um, it, uh, allows us at Termageddon to control what that copy says. So when the laws do change, we push the updates automatically to your privacy policy page. I think that is super cool. What if, um, you know, what if somebody's just getting started and they kind of get into this world of like, oh, all right, I just need to cover my bases legally. Um, and maybe I'm, you know, the thing with the internet with courses and membership sites is people can have customers locally, but also like all over the world. Like how should somebody start thinking about, well, which, whose laws do I need to pay attention to in terms of, my states or, or my country or what if I'm selling in other countries, I see a lot of people just really confused and not knowing where to start. Like what are some basic fundamentals of having a, uh, a global multi micro uh, or micro multinational company that we can start from our websites these days? Yeah. Um, do you want to can I take it? Sure. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So um, I think one fundamental thing that people need to realize is that, Privacy laws are being put in place to protect the citizens of that state, country, whatever. They are not to protect the businesses. So when a set of laws get introduced to the European Union called GDPR, those laws are out to protect the European citizens. And if you are processing data from European citizens, you're going to have to comply with those laws. Same goes with New York. New York is proposing a privacy bill that will allow its uh, citizens to sue businesses of any size located anywhere for having as little as a contact form on their website and not providing a compliant privacy policy, compliant with New York specific rules. It doesn't matter where you're located as a business owner. All that matters is that is your website getting seen, used by um, pro your processing data of uh, citizens of certain areas. Um, so that means businesses, regardless of size, uh, will need to have a strategy in place to, to think about how are they going to keep their laws or how are they going to keep their policies up to date when the laws change, because that's the nature of the beast that we're now in, uh, whether that be good or bad. <laughs> yeah, I'd say the best rule of thumb to remember with that would be is um, who, who are your customers, right? Like, do you have customers in Nevada? Yes, that means you have to comply with Nevada's privacy laws. Um, you know, do you have customers in the European Union? You'd have to comply with the European Union laws. Um, so I would base it more on where your customers are located versus where you are located yourself. 
That's cool. And what, I mean, not to scare people, but if people are, just haven't really even thought about terms and privacy um, pages on their website, what are they leaving themselves open to or what, what, what can happen when these things are just ignored or yeah, just ignored. I mean, sometimes I'm always surprised when I go to even a, a well-known person's website and I click on a privacy page and there's like some lorem ipsum like starter text. <laughs> it happens more than you think. Like what are we exposing ourselves to if we don't create these types of pages? Yeah, or the link doesn't work. Yeah. You know? that's, <laughs> or, yeah. Um, so right now as, as it stands, the fines can range between 2,500 per violation, uh, which means per website visitor to um, 20 million euros. Um, I think that's something that's really important to remember is that those fines are per violation and they average between 2,500 to 5,000 to 7,500. Um, and those are regardless of the size of the business. So the European Union with GDPR takes into account the size of your business. In the US, they don't uh, when it comes to the fines themselves, if the law applies to you in the first place. Um, and then also, I think the important thing to remember is that uh, regardless of the fines, which obviously are horrible for small businesses, but consumers want this stuff now. Um, you know, there's been a lot of studies performed where, uh, you know, a large percentage of Americans actually care about their privacy now. Um, and that's something that's relatively new. It's only happened in the last couple of years. Um, I think since Cambridge Analytica, that's that's kind of what messed up everything for the rest of us, which is great. Thank you. Um, but, uh, you know, it's consumers want to see you have a privacy policy. They want to make sure that you're not abusing their privacy rights. Um, and they use that as a purchasing decision at times. Um, so I think that's an, another important thing to remember in addition to the fines. Yeah. And then, and then the big one for the future that people are going to look out for is uh, pr what's called private right of action, meaning that consumers in certain areas will have the right to sue businesses uh, for not providing compliance, uh, compliant privacy policies. Um, that's the big one that's going to happen in the future, but it's not right now. Um, and then a lot of people think, well, I'm just a small business. Like, I don't need this. Um, I'm sure Donata probably has the case memorized, but um, even in GDPR, I forget which country, but there was like a marketing firm uh, that, and, uh, that was fined because they sent a text message to one person and that one person complained and they ended up getting fined. Yeah. So um, it's, you know, it's, it's... It doesn't have, you don't have to have 50 million customers for yeah. it to apply to you. Because I think everyone's like, well, it's only Facebook getting, you know, sued for millions of dollars or billions of dollars. I'm like, well, no, it's because that's what the news does. It takes the biggest highlight and they highlight the big ones. They don't talk about all the small ones that are happening on a daily basis. Yeah, so. I think if you Google like GDPR enforcement tracker, there's like a whole, somebody made like a whole list of GDPR fines. I forget exactly. Some law firm did it, but it's kind of nuts to like watch it because it just has this like ticker that keeps going and going and going. There's like 50 pages. So for like nerds like us, we like this, but we, we look at that stuff for you. So you don't have to. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah I don't know who's going to be like, Oh man, I'm going to Google that after I listen. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. And then like you said about the purchasing decision, um, I, I always recommend one of the first things you put on your website is Google Analytics even before you need it. There's a good WordPress plugin for that called Munster Insights that helps with that. But whenever I'm watching, for example, lifterlms.com and I look at the Google Analytics, the real-time view, I'm always amazed at how many people are looking at the privacy policy of our website. 
uh, I mean, it's just happening. I mean, typically they have to check a box, you know, as part of the GDPR thing, and there's a link to the privacy policy. So people naturally go check it out, but it does influence purchasing decisions. Um, I mean, I can just t- say, cause of, and we get questions about some of the nuances of our privacy policy, which we actually paid a lot of money and hired a lawyer to, to level up with, uh, several years ago. And it was cool, but it was extremely expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a study done. I, I believe it was, uh, Vision. Don't quote me on this. I forget exactly who did this study, but basically they saw that um, privacy concerns can delay the purchasing cycle by like weeks um, in a lot of companies, which is really crazy. Um, but yeah, a lot of people look at that stuff and not just to say, oh, they have it. You know, people will actually read it now, um, which was something that only people like me did a couple of years ago. Um, and now a lot more people do it, which I think is good. I mean, people are becoming more aware of their rights and that they do have rights online. Um, but for small businesses, it's hard to, it's hard to pay $5,000 for a lawyer. Can you, um, can you talk to the um, jurisdiction stuff a little bit? Sometimes I hear people uh, they'll make a comment like, well, yeah, I sell all over the world, but you know, some European country is not going to come after me because I live in the United States. There's kind of like a little cavalier attitude, but like, how should we think about it as global citizens? Like, can the European country come after me? Am I, if I do get sued or something, could it later impact when I want to want to go to that country? Like what, how does it, how do we think about this in this you know, small world, international world, if we are, you know, we're not, I think it's kind of new for some people to feel like they have to abide by laws happening in another country. So how does that, how, help us grow up a little bit here. (laughs) So, you know, there's, um, there's a concept in American law uh, called sufficient nexus or sufficient connection with a particular area, right? So if I, let's say I take a bunch of uh, lithium batteries, right? And I mail them to um, California and I live in Illinois and those lithium batteries end up exploding on the way. um, And, you know, I didn't say that I had lithium batteries, even though I had to. I mean, what in my, in that particular case, you wouldn't say, oh, well, that's not my problem because I'm not located in California. Right. It's something very similar to what's going on with these privacy laws. And if you want to do business in a particular area, you have to comply with those laws. Right. Just because something is totally fine where you're located doesn't mean that it's not fine where you're doing business. And you can't ignore the laws of where you're doing business just because you're not physically there. And today over the Internet, um, you don't have to be physically somewhere for the law to apply to you. Now, if you violate GDPR in France and you're slapped with a $50,000 fine, I mean, I'm going to hope that if you go to France, you don't get arrested and put in some detention center. But, I mean, those fines do follow through. Um, so the, those fines would still apply in that area or, you know, you could potentially be banned from doing business there. Um, One of the things that was discussed in Facebook's case um, is because they violated GDPR, they could be slapped with a fine or they could actually be prohibited from processing the data of European Union citizens. So you could be slapped with a fine or they could stop you from essentially doing business there 
And, you know, is that something that you really want to play with? Um, I personally wouldn't. Um, so I think it's a lot of people are like, well, I'm not physically there, whatever. I mean, you have to collect taxes, even though you work online. You have to make sure that you're not distributing unlawful content, even though you work online. I mean, this is the exact same thing. It's just another law that you have to follow. And while it may seem a little bit daunting, it's actually not that bad. Um, and you can just get it over with and move on and, and you know, run your business like you're supposed to instead of being constantly nervous about complaints and fines and all of that stuff. It's easier to just be compliant. Keep listening. This podcast is not over. This is just a special message about this episode's sponsor, WP Tonic Managed WordPress LMS Hosting. Think of it as everything you need to have a professional online course training platform right out of the box, ready to go. Find out more about WP Tonic's Managed WordPress LMS Hosting by going to lifterlikes.com forward slash tonic. Now back to the show. Yeah. And just to speak my side, like whenever I hear someone say, well, I'm not based in, you know, France or Germany or whatever. I'm in America. So I have nothing to worry about. Um, My thought always is that these people are more so thinking to themselves, I'm a risk taker. I'm, I'm, I got a budget. I can't spend a dollar over it. And I am just going to roll the dice and hope I don't get caught. Hey, I'm not going to stop you. Like to each his own, you know, like I, but that's what you, but at least acknowledge what you're doing. You're, you're, you know that you're, you're going to be getting leads and business from other areas and you know, you're not going to comply with it, uh, with that, those markets. So in your mind, um, I think what it would be best is you, you just admit to yourself the truth, which is that you're trying, you're, you're rolling the dice and good for you. Hey, I'm not going to stop you, you know, but there are now solutions that can help you get compliant, stay compliant and not have to roll the dice at all. Yeah. And, and you're going to look great in front of all the prospects that are looking at your business because you're going to look professional in front of them because you're going to be providing them stuff that all the other competitors are providing them in terms of data uh, rights and protection. So for somebody who's really interested and wants to level up their terms and their privacy pages and stuff, um, how do they, like, if they're thinking about like, well, I don't want to spend $5,000 on a lawyer. Like, how are you, how do you guys do what you do? Like, how is it possible to have such an affordable solution at Termageddon that gives you, you know, you it's not just cookie cutter. People have to enter information to adjust it to what they are and it updates over time. Like, how is it even possible to do that? My salary's really low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were into farming. Like, we don't live, so. Trying to grow our own food. Yeah. Um, but no, on a more serious note, you know, um, Donata oversees all the laws, and she has people that advise to her and all that stuff, and I'm sure she'll want to speak. Uh, actually, do you want to go ahead? That's probably the most important one. Sure. Um you know, as so before this, I was in private practice um, and I wrote contracts for agencies and I also wrote privacy policies in terms of service. And yeah, I would charge people for it. I charge good, really good money for it. Um, but what I realized at the time was that for most of my clients, I was asking very similar questions and I was using very similar language. Um, so my thought behind it was you could automate it and create a technology solution that 
takes me and automates me, right? So you would ask some questions and then certain texts would go in depending on your answers and depending on your choices. And there was a way to automate it. So the way that we're able to do this at a reasonable price is I write everything in the back end and set everything up. Our developers uh, develop the technology solution and then it kind of runs on its own. And then I do my own thing, which is um, keep up to date with the incoming privacy laws and keep up to date with the cases. And when I want to change something, I can go in and change, you know, thousands of policies at once. And the marriage of technology and law is what allows it to happen in a reasonable price. You know, there's a lot of things that you can't automate or you can't, um, can't make a technology solution for in law. But I would say that for most small businesses and most websites, you can automate most of this. Um, so that's the way that we're able to do it. And, and then an additional just note is that we also don't touch certain industries. Um, so websites that require HIPAA compliance, um, you know, that means like uh, patient doctor websites that are asking for like patient information, patient history, uh, prescription history, stuff like that. Yeah. We don't service that group. And then we also don't work with websites that target children under the ages of 13. That's a whole different set of laws. And we are just... Is we're not getting paid enough to, to, to go deep like that. So at least not right now. That's right. That's right. So we're ten dollars a month or ninety nine dollars a year, and you get a set of policies that automatically update. So that's an auto updating privacy policy, terms and conditions, disclaimer, which is really important for affiliates, um, and end user license agreement, um, and all of those are wrapped into one package. Ten bucks a month or ninety nine dollars a year, and as as Donata just explained, you answer a series of questions, and the questions trend. Uh, uh, change based on how you answer other questions and then out comes the embed code that you copy and paste on your website. I love that. I, I've sometimes heard this called like a tech enabled service. And I think you that's listening out there, the, the course creator, you know what it's like to scale through technology. I mean, essentially you're being, you're teaching at scale through your website or through your client's website. And if you need to go back and like tweak the content of a lesson or add a new one, it can instantly update across like all your users it's really the same idea just for your website this is what they do from the the legal side and it's personalized to that particular um to you and where you are and how you answer the questions and i love that too how you guys you know there's certain areas where you don't go like with the hipaa compliance or the kids under 13 or whatever so it's really specific i mean um if you don't have terms on your site I, I would strongly recommend that you go to termageddon.com. It, it is peace of mind. It helps you sleep at night. You know, course creators are really busy. Um, and, you know, having that, that nag at the back of your mind of like, am I above board on the law, the legal stuff? I mean, it's not, this is a pretty awesome solution for that. And um, if you're building sites for clients, this is an incredible value add that you can just add into your package. Cause you know, if, if you are delivering this solution to one of your um, clients, uh, whoever, who's a coach or a uh, expert selling courses of some kind, uh, you may just the fact that you recommend this uh, before they realize they need it. It's just, that's what like great client service is about. Cause you know, they're going to need it eventually. So, um, yeah, this is, this is really cool. Do, do Donata and Hans, do you have any final just thoughts on, 
termageddon or just the state of privacy to kind of leave with the people before we go today so I many do. thoughts i do too yeah <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll take i'll take the first one down okay i said no you're what you're gonna say you know what i'm oh say. yeah 100%. this is like two for one this is awesome no no uh, okay so contact forms i think Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to share mine. So I, I'm a firm believer that um, I, I come from the web agency world and I always think about like how an SSL certificate, getting HTTPS added to your website five years ago was like kind of like a nice add-on. But nowadays we look at websites that don't have security as like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why is this website not secure? Like, you feel almost gross visiting it. And, and I <laughs> We're going to see that same exact experience happen with data privacy. I think five years from now, it's going to be assumed that I'm a human being. Of course, I can tell a company to get rid of all my data. I'm a human. Humans are more important than companies. And I think that I think we're going to see that in our lifetime. I think we're going to see that within the next five to ten years. And I think it's because of these privacy laws. So that's my future vision type outlook. Um, very happy about it, too. Yeah, um, I'd say for me, you know, there's a lot of confusion about what websites need a privacy policy. Um, so I've heard anywhere from like only websites that collect financial information needed to only websites that are in Europe needed and then like all these misconceptions. Um, and I would say that the most important thing to remember is that a website needs a privacy policy when you're collecting personal information on it. Um, and personal information is stuff like name and email. Um, so if you have a contact form, you're collecting personal information on it. If you have a newsletter sign-up form, you're collecting personal information. If you're processing orders, like on your courses, you're collecting personal information. Um, and that means that you would need a privacy policy. Um, and I think that's the most important thing to remember um, is when you actually need one. And I think by now that's pretty much every website ever because who has a website without a contact form yeah well before you guys got to go i love the name termageddon that's spelled t-e-r-m-a-g-e-d-d-o-n dot com go check that out how'd you guys come up with a name a good name by the way and this is something that's important for course creators because if you name your course or you're naming your brand or whatever that name if it can stick it, it'll stay forever and but like the first time i heard about you guys i don't remember where i even heard about it but I'm, i i never forgot that name nice. it, it just works so what's the history of the name termageddon so we were having a few drinks and <laughs> just got to thinking about the most ridiculous name possible for it and uh we had an investor meeting lined up for the idea it was all just an idea at the time so we were just like all right well what if we just told an investor we wanted a bunch of money to get a company called termageddon started and we were just kind of like in a troll mindset we're like let's see if we can get an investor to give us money for it yeah. and he did so <laughs> like um, we presented termageddon and he loved it so yeah it's kind of like terms and armageddon but yeah. I want to do Terminator, but it was already taken. Yeah, Terminator.com <laughs> was already taken. So. Yeah. so we couldn't afford that domain. So we did Termageddon. That's awesome. Well, Donata and Hans, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. We'll have to do it again sometime. If you're listening to this, go check out Termageddon.com. Thank you guys so much for coming. Hey, thank, thank you, you for so having much. us. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. 
Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet. Thank you.